No, you cannot see your face. Don't worry. Can't believe I wasted good makeup in a pandemic. Well, Carry like on. I said, you you look you look nice. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks for stuttering your way through that. I appreciate <laughs> validating my appearance as a female. Doesn't happen often, so you know what? I'm gonna take it. <laughs> well, you see, it's just it's like complimenting your sister. Like you you be, you believe it, but well, I mean, yeah. you're you're basically my sister at this point, and so it's. Like, I am. I, I love it. I, and I you believe know that you look good, but it's just saying it. I, I get what you're saying. The best part about being like your sister, because I do get that a hundred percent, which is so ironic why anyone would ever assume anything else. It's just like, what? but <laughs> the best part about being your sister is that I have your mom and dad in my back pocket too. And that by back pocket, I mean, not wrapped around my finger. I just mean like, if I need something, I can call your mom and she'll answer and Oh, oh she, she definitely will. Oh, actually, um, she did tell me because I, I said I was having you on the podcast. She told me to give you a virtual hug. So, Aww. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, how's it going with you? It's good. It's busy. I get my ass kicked on a daily basis, quite literally. Um, I'm sore. Answering COVID questions is really tricky because they ask if you have aches and pains and I say yes. And they ask you if you're tired and I say yes. And they ask if your muscles hurt and I say yes. And then they want me to self-isolate and I say, no, no, no. I'm just a police cadet. <laughs> okay. That, that puts it in context for people who didn't yeah. know. Because getting your ass changed. really sore, we, we need context. For that. We do need context. It's it's either something really exciting, really dangerous, or something in between. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you are enrolled. Okay. What's what's the name of the school? Mm. So it's a Cinnaborne Community College, and they host the police studies program, um, here in Brandon. Cool. Very. Not cool. the only one in Manitoba. There's there's a couple kicking around. Um, and then bigger police agencies have their own schooling and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's where I am. Cool. So you go from the community college to like a final kind hopefully of training? A police service. Yeah. Hopefully okay. a, no, hopefully a job. Okay. So this so you... is my, this is called my phase A training. Um, usually police services have three phases, an A, a B, and a C. A is all of your book work. So I'm learning the criminal code, the justice system, powers of arrest, what civilians can do, what's against the law, what's not against the law, how to enforce the law, how to help people and understand, you know, the best way to help them, all that kind of stuff. And then um, phase B will be all of my enforcement. So like firearms, taser, all that kind of hand to hand physical stuff. And then they see ABC. Yeah. <laughs> they <face> <laughs> Um, Facey is your like field training. So then I'm a rookie cool. in a car with that's a badge. Cool. Yeah. That's, hmm. Can we give you like pepper spray instead? <laughs> hey, I get that too. Okay. What? Two? And a baton. Oh, oh you mean like instead of a firearm? That's you just want to just not have that? Maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd feel safer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Justin, so rude. <laughs> I will still answer the call for you, though. Nevertheless. Well, I appreciate that. You're I'm, welcome. One I of my applications is actually going to Regina, so oh, really? careful when you call nine one one, there, buddy. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind that because, well, I mean, as soon as we can actually go out for a beer again, I would go out <laughs> for a beer with you. 
and not yes, have to drive five I would hours. Do. And I would make sure that no one would do anything to you. I'd be like your personal bodyguard. I will make sure no shoes hit you that may happen to be flying through the air at that night. That <laughs> that's I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. However, I am not stepping in when you're on stage and bras are flying. I'm just going to let that one happen. That's yeah, your mom's territory. That's girl fine. Did she I, can step in on that. Did I ever tell you about the, uh, the, the body part signing uh, incident? No. <laughs> <laughs> body part signing incident. Yeah. Okay. Please share. <laughs> that just reminded me. So I was 15 playing my very first festival no i'm gonna let you know that this yeah, just made it illegal but continue um no no, no it, it, nothing nothing you, you got it anyways um <laughs> so okay. i'm 15 playing my first music festival um and i finished my set middle of the day because uh, i'm 15 <laughs> and uh and <laughs> some ladies of let's say advanced years um, no, no, you say ladies of a certain age. Yeah. Okay. That's Cer the way you say that. Certain age of a certain intoxication. Um, okay, so the cougars were out and drunk. Continue. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so they came up to me and were like, hey, they, they definitely smoked like probably players. Players blue, I'm guessing. Oh, we're getting specific. Yeah. Well, okay. is that, is that blue. Rasp? You're setting the mood. We've got like ladies of a certain age drinking a certain amount and they have this hacky, raspy coffee voice. And uh, I'm just picturing not necessarily an hourglass shape. You know, I'm not going to comment, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Um, yeah, so they come up to me and they're like, hey, we want you to sign our tits. I'm like, oh. And the first thing out of my mouth was, I don't have a marker. Sorry. <laughs> and, and that was true. I didn't have a marker. And I was like, thank God I don't have a marker. But see, my <laughs> lovely mother, was. she was so excited about me playing my first festival and everything. And she was walking by and all she heard was, sorry, I don't have a marker. And in her mind, immediately it goes... Oh, of course. I should have made sure Justin Monitor had a marker or, or two. Or monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you need to sign T-shirts and whatever, which I did sign a few T-shirts because everybody gets the festival shirt and gets all the acts to sign it. Um, anyway, so she thought, oh, right. right. Yeah. So she goes and tracks down a marker. Um, and these ladies say, all right, well, you go find a marker and uh, come find us. We'll be in the beer gardens. I'm like, all right. A-okay. I go sit down. I never have to see you again. <laughs> yeah. I, I go sit down and <laughs> beside my grandparents. Mm. <laughs> and, and I'm just chilling, um, watching the, the next band that was on stage. And my mom comes up to me and she's like, here, I found a marker for you. I'm like, ah, mm -mm, I do not want Nope, don't marker. want it. Get it away. Throw it in the bush. Yes, Eat it. I don't, I don't want it. And... <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandma is just laughing her ass off sitting beside because she heard the whole exchange between me and the cougars. She knows what's going on. Your mom. Oh yeah. Mom's oblivious. And, and mom was so confused why I didn't want to take the marker and grandma's losing her shit. She just thinks it's so funny. And, uh, and then <laughs> she leans over and whispers in mom's ear and mom's face just, just goes white. Just, I could oh. only imagine. 
it well, was just the, the, the ladies who wanted things signed from you did they know that you found a marker no thankfully they were too far away and oh, too drunk God. yay um so yeah the the end of the story was mom took the marker away and didn't give it back to me ever ever <laughs> <laughs> to this day poor little justin my itty bitty brother doesn't have a marker it's almost like you colored on the walls and she took it away from you but you didn't even do anything wrong no but i just i didn't i i didn't want the marker <laughs> i didn't want the marker i didn't Fair enough, i don't think marker. i'd want the marker either faced yeah. with players blue titties in my face <laughs> just saying there there wow, was the things i've never said on radio that i say now <laughs> yeah well the there was one time i got cornered and i had to do like just not upper thigh but just like kind of on the leg by the like the knee or whatever because they i don't know but oh justin you scandalous scandalous boy have you ever tried to write on wrinkly skin oh <laughs> fine there is nothing wrong with wrinkly skin first no. of all no, no, for no, anybody no. who has wrinkly skin it just means that you are smarter and you've lived longer yes there's nothing wrong and you with probably it. had one hell of a tan at some point exactly i just suggest not asking someone to sign it because it does require a certain bit of like like <laughs> smoothing it out before you can write on you it. Can see it no, no, wait. we just need to do a little bit of graphic uh <laughs> illustration here if anyone could see what justin is doing right now he's literally like his fingers are starting together and they're spreading across like like he's spreading <laughs> and holding and making taunt a piece of saran wrap that's going over a bowl of leftover sour cream from taco night. <laughs> so that's really flattering. Uh, Remind well, me to never get you to sign a body part ever. <laughs> I don't even care if things are still tight and in place. You're never signing I, anything. I'm going to get off this subject now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've gone off on a trail. <laughs> I'm glad we're both drinking. This will keep us very sober and, and with it and appropriate oh 100 oh yeah i should i should give a little plug um i am drinking blast off from rebellion brewing company um it's pretty good it's i'm a, not drinking that because my co-host here didn't send me any or i would be plugging them too i'm sure it's delicious thanks sorry buddy. they they didn't sponsor this podcast i just really oh, like well it. then you ready for mine i'm drinking <laughs> a canned caesar from what's clamato <laughs> like that mm. Mm. Ground up clams. Mm. Not spicy though. Just basic. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm basic. a basic bitch. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> spicy life. I may be a curry, but I am not that spicy. <laughs> oh, she's funny that, too. That that was good actually. <laughs> you know what I usually tell people? Um, so the last what my last name is, and I'll say it's curry. And they're like, how do you spell that? And I'll be like, C-U-R-R-Y, like the spice. And I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. I've never met anyone like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm the missing member of the Spice Girls. Spicy <laughs> Spice. <laughs> I know. I'm not really cool. It... <laughs> industry, industry story. You ready for this? I'll plug my old program director. He's amazing, by the way. Love him dearly. Thank him so much for my career. Troy Scott. Um, I had an air check with him one day after my show on Virgin Radio in Winnipeg, 103.1. And... <laughs> you know i was like new to the industry i was new to this whole talking to thousands of people at one time with the with the click of a button and you know 
wanting to be the cool kid in the classroom might've got the best of me once or twice. And being myself didn't really feel like a smart idea <laughs> yet. I wonder why. <laughs> but I did this air check and like a bunch of my other coworkers were funny and they were entertaining, you know, and they always had like good little jokes that made me chuckle in the car on the way to work. And I was like, I want to be like that. <laughs> so I tried. I tried. I tried. And then I had an air check, which is if you're in the industry, you know, if you're not an, an air check is where you basically sit in an office and you re-listen to your entire show and you go over each break and you and your program director will say like, okay, this is some things that you did really good. These are some things that I wouldn't necessarily say again or, or do like this again. It's really constructive. So we're doing our air check and he, he's sitting at his desk. I'm sitting across on the other side of his desk. He says to me, Randy, there's two kinds of people in this world or two types of people in this world. There's fun people and there's funny people. Randy, you are a really fun person. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right after it was following up a joke, I say with air quotes, that I made and it just flopped. It was a terrible joke. So I was like, got it. And to this day, it's some of the most solid advice I've ever got. I don't try to be funny anymore. I'm just fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fun Aunt Randy, and that's where that ends. I am not Chandler. I'm not the class clown. I am uh, not making teachers laugh at their desk. I am just a good time, which sounds slightly sad when I say it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> just here for a good time, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. You, you're not Chandler, but you, I, I'd say you're Phoebe. I'm Phoebe? Yeah. Come on. Not that there's anything wrong with Phoebe. Phoebe's a little weird. She thinks like her mom is in the cat and that uh, okay. she got given $5,000, she was going to die. And she was, she, I don't know. And Fair she enough. made it with Charlie Sheen with oven mitts on. <laughs> <laughs> so many things about Phoebe. And that's just one of the big ones right yeah, there. That, that's fair. But, you know, setting aside that little bit, but she's just <laughs> like, I don't know. She's intelligent. She's a... I would say a mystery wrapped in an enigma. She is every, every season, something else comes out about her. It's mm -hmm. true. And Oh, you want to see something? Oh, here, look, this was not planned. I was going to actually just go grab the shirt, but I have a photo of it sitting right next to me. So I'll show you this. No one else can see it, but maybe you can depict it or illustrate it in a, uh, okay. Uh, so that's me. Yeah. Shirt. Huh, that's cool. Isn't it? I like that. Okay, so it's 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 a, a black T-shirt with the Friends logo, but yeah, like the of, white white letter letter with font the, with the those dots. little colorful dots in between. Yeah, yeah. And instead of Friends, it says Police Officer. I'll be there for you. I like that. Yeah, so I got that for Christmas from Ben last year, actually. Nice, Darty. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I still wear it, and well, I don't. I wear it sparingly because it's like one of those amazon t-shirts so it's not gonna last right and yeah. you don't you don't it's want cool. it, it to wear off completely no it's cool i like it yeah so every, and i can't read it without singing it i'll be there for you <laughs> yeah good so um when we met for the first time uh you were in radio i was and now you're gonna be a cop <laughs> I am. Um, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> yeah, explanation, please. 
All right. Well, secrets out. I actually never had a plan to be in radio at all. It was a wonderful serendipitous mistake that I'm so happy happened. And, um, and it was great, but I was actually, the plan was always to be a cop. So I've been working towards being a police officer for eight years now. Had to choke on that one a little bit. Eight years. I did my first uh, RCMP application process when I was 18 and like a fresh 18, only 18 for a couple of months. And I was doing a bunch of ride-alongs with some members and I was like, do I apply right now? I'm still in high school. I had a late birthday. So it was like December, maybe January of my grade 12 year when I did my first application and the, the police officer that I was riding with, he's like, yeah, go for it. Cause you know what? You're probably going to fail. You're so young. Like they don't take people when they're super young. And if you get deferred, you have a one year, one year before you can like go back again. So he's like, just get that clock kind of going as soon as you can, which made complete sense until the part where I started passing, everything came in. <laughs> I passed one test and then I passed the next and then the next and then the next. And then it got to a point where I got a phone call saying, Hey, we're just missing a couple of things from you. And then you're good to go to Regina to training. Oh. And they said, what's your highest education? And I said, well, I haven't answered that because I, I don't have a highest education yet. And they're like, Oh, you didn't graduate. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I just haven't yet. I'm still in grade 12. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, <laughs> okay, you can't go to depot if you haven't even graduated high school yet. So you're deferred. So that was the beginning. And uh, so then the clock kind of started ticking down. I did another process a year later. I got deferred for two years for life experience, which is a super popular answer with the RCMP. And I definitely don't blame them for it now that I have that life experience. I get what they're mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. When I was 19, I didn't agree with it. But yeah, and then so I started managing restaurants, Boston pizzas. I was a waitress, and then I just eventually started ending up getting manager roles. Me being bossy and controlling, telling people what to do. What? No. I know. So then I ended up managing them, and uh, I got fired from a Boston pizza in Brandon. And I've never been fired in my life. It was like shocking and jarring to the system. Um, my boss at the time was a very interesting person <laughs> uh and he had some interesting methods and when i was vocal about one of his more hands-on methods mm -hmm. i got fired the next day for unrelated reasons mm -hmm. so basically i told him hey go fuck yourself take your hand <laughs> out from under my shirt and the next day i wasn't manager material so I cried. I gave up my apartment. I felt broke as shit. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And in Randy's world, uh, there's a little rule I have, and it's the 24-hour rule. That rule is that you get to feel whatever you need to feel for 24 hours. If you feel like the world hates you, if you feel like you want to have a major pity party, if you um, just want to be super, super unexplainably angry and mad, you get to. It's unhealthy to not feel your feels, but it's also unhealthy to feel your feels too long because then it just becomes okay to be whatever state that is. And that's not okay in my world, at least. So I gave myself 24 hours and I went out to a career symposium in Brandon the last day, the last hour of the last show. 
<laughs> and I went over to a local TV station, WCG, uh, West Man Communication Group here in town in Brandon. And I asked him some questions and he asked if I, his name was Brad Smith. Uh, he asked if I wanted to volunteer and get involved. And I said, well, I'm unemployed, so let's do something. And I was really interested in news journalism and like, yeah, yeah, that was what I was interested in. So I was like, this is cool. Let's see where it leads. Four weeks into volunteering, I was calling hockey games as a color analyst, which was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Ask me anything about hockey, probably won't have a hot freaking clue. <laughs> I, I won't. I know that the beer you order is usually like a Bud Light. The hot dogs <laughs> are expensive. The nachos are never worth it. And some of the hockey players are cute. That's a hard sum. So the, the cutest ones are the ones missing both their front teeth. I'm not sure I'm going to say that. <laughs> but I don't know a whole lot about hockey. I like, I don't. And so in between takes, <laughs> we would like stop the broadcast for commercials or for a player interview. And I'd be like, okay, what do I say next? And they'll be like, okay, so say that like this guy had this stats and then he's doing this and he's like 12% ahead of that and he's doing this. And then I'd have cheat sheets. I just have cheat sheets of everything that my analyst said. And I would just like throw in my two cents as we went. People thought I was the coolest girl ever because I knew my shit about hockey. I didn't know a damn thing. <laughs> but anyways, about three weeks into faking my ass off with that and hosting other uh, in-person shows, a show called In Brandon, where I interviewed different guests from around the community about their charities or their organizations on our local access channel. I got approached and asked to apply for the summer events position at their radio station because they also own Q Country 91.5 and Star FM 94.7 and 880 CKLQ here in Brandon. Um, And so I said, sure, that sounds great. I think that would be really fun. So I applied. I got it. I became the summer events reporter. And three weeks after I became the summer events reporter, I was driving around Westman, loved my job. I was helping out with marketing and promotions. I loved it so much. Um, I got an inbox on Facebook from Troy Scott, program director at Virgin Radio, Bob FM, and TSN 12, not TSN 12. They were in the same building, but he wasn't the program director for them. And uh, it said, hey, I want to talk to you. And... Three weeks after that, I was a host on Virgin Radio. Cool. And that was my big entrance into radio. Four weeks after that, I was morning show host on 101 The Farm, now Pure Country in Brandon. And then I did some work on Bob FM. And then like two months after that, no, six months after that, I ended up in Regina. And that's where you and I met. And then I was weekends and swing on big dog 927 mm-hmm. which is now pure country there's mm-hmm. a lot of numbers and letters in my head when it comes to radio <laughs> that's impressive that yeah it's impressive you can remember every station frequency and name i think i think i can you want to see if i can i don't know if i can this could backfire i could have some angry program directors but oh, we started with 880 cklq uh Q Country 91.5, 94.7 Star FM, 103.1 Virgin Radio, 99.9 Bob FM, TSN 1290. Then we moved to 101 The Farm at the time, now Pure Country. Uh, and then 96.5 Bob FM? Ooh, that's the one I lose mm. it on. 
Bob FM and Brandon. I can't remember it. Right. Uh, and then we shifted to 92.7 Big Dog, mm-hmm. which is now 92.7 or 92.7 Pure Country, Pure Country 92.7. And then we went to, we got three more still, hang on. Uh, and then it went to, oh, oh, Mix 96. 96.5 mixed in Brandon or in Portage of Prairie and then Country 93, where we love our country. Oh, and mix was best songs, best variety, mix 96. And then CFRY 990. Impressive. All right. I think I might've got two wrong in there, but not bad. And all of that was in two and a half years. That's, that's really impressive. Why? Thank you. Yeah. Some people think it's impressive. My therapist thinks it's stability issues, but either way. <laughs> uh, cheers to that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah. yeah, that's that's really cool, though. And it's interesting, like, okay, so what um, just... I'm trying to formulate how I'm asking this question, but for, for me, I went from knowing really nothing about radio or anything, jumping into being an artist and, uh, and having to be involved in radio in some way. Um, and it was really interesting learning the behind the scenes and everything. So I was just wondering like how that was for you and how long it took you to adjust to that. And like at one point, cause I remember it was, probably about like a year and a half into like doing interviews and radio tours and walking into stations and everything where I started to feel at home in a station. But before I felt super awkward Um, and behind a mic, I was just, I was a wreck. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but now it's, it's like second nature to me. So I'm wondering at what point did that come for you? Boy, that's a tough one, Justin, because through my entire career, I felt like an imposter on honestly like i was kind of waiting for the day when someone figured out that i didn't know what i was doing i i didn't you know i had coworkers who wrote down their breaks word for word mm-hmm. and then there was me who was just like uh i'm going live in two seconds i have no idea what i'm talking about all right let's figure out q country 91.5 like what i don't know like so when did i start feeling comfortable i think that was honestly man I think in Portage, which was near the end. Mm -hmm. My training consisted of, I started work on a Tuesday at Virgin Radio. I shadowed two people and by shadowed, really I sat in on their shows and I kind of asked the odd question, but when you really know nothing about a topic, you don't even know what questions you should ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't know. And then there was a couple of days of like learning the board, but by Saturday I showed up for my, my show on Saturday. So four days later and there was no one in the building. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, I'm not sure I even know how to turn on the computer at this point. (laughs) These are questions I probably should have thought to ask, but I didn't know I was showing up in three days time alone. So my program director showed up and I was like, I, I can't, I don't know. What am I doing? Like you, you're going to be here. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'll be in my office. You'll be fine. And I didn't know that when there were breaks, you had to talk. I thought they were suggestions. So he like, he came in one time and he's like, 
why didn't you say anything between those two songs? It just went from one song to the next one. I was like, oh, I, I have to say something each time. And he's like, yeah, that's how radio <laughs> works. <laughs> It was like, (laughs) okay. So it was a lot of trial and error. And like, some people didn't appreciate that I maybe had the traction in the industry that I had so quickly, Mm -hmm. I think is one way to word it. So there were some stations where I would come in and I wasn't met with a warm welcome welcome or like mariachi band. (laughs) I was met with, you can have that corner of the desk. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I should have had that show. And somehow this kid who hasn't even gone to school has the show, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. Yeah. Cause it makes sense. Right. Like I, I didn't have anything. I didn't, I didn't have any merit to my name. I was just this fresh face that one person believed in. And mm-hmm. so I was getting put in front of as many microphones as possible. So there were some people in the industry who didn't really love me too much. So that didn't help me feel much welcome. And, um, yeah, so I don't think I really felt welcome or felt comfortable. I felt welcome in a lot of places. Don't get me wrong, but to feel like I actually belonged or knew what I was doing or could hold my own. I don't think I felt that until I was in Portage probably. Okay. And not for like a lack of trying. Some of my coworkers are amazing people who I'm still friends with to this day. It's just, you know, when you feel like you don't belong and you're waiting for someone to catch you, like you, you never feel like you really really like belong there. So like you could win award after award, right, Justin? And you could be an amazing songwriter and have fans across the world and, and sell out arenas and whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you go to that one place where it's like, Holy shit, like I'm at the grand Ole Opry and I'm about to perform. You're like, when is someone going to figure out that I don't know what the hell I'm doing? Like, why am I here? What is going on? Yeah. It's kind of like that, but like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day was the Grand Ole Opry. You know, I think that's uh, that's a pretty common thing in in a lot of industries. Because I mean, even with music, because I started releasing when I was fifteen, um, that I had a lot of people that were like, "Oh, he's he's like super young. Mm-hmm. Why 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 is he here?" Um, but yeah, I think people get over that eventually when you just ignore it. Um, they do. that's something I'm not good at <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing but uh on the other point um uh, uh on the other hand um it's it's also hard to ignore it when you're not completely invested in that thing because mm-hmm. you were just trying out radio and that's totally cool but you knew in the back of your mind and in in your deep insides that that wasn't what you wanted to spend your life Uh, career doing and that was really hard for me I think one of the hardest things that I actually struggled with which will be surprising to some people some people I did express this to like um like Ben and uh, Ryan Cowan an artist from Manitoba um Ben Dartnell is an industry uh videographer and photographer so he works with a bunch of different artists like Brett Kissel and uh, there's honestly like a whole train of them that's just the one that comes to mind because he's working with him right now but um, I guess also I, I dated him. <laughs> he was my boyfriend for like a year. <laughs> so like, that's why I, Ben, but you know, like there was industry people that I would confide in and, and say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but more than not, one of the hardest times is actually when I was nominated for 
my award as a country music personality in our province here in Manitoba, I did not want to win that award. I did not want to win it. I was up against some really amazing, talented people. Some people that I grew up listening to, like Leanne Doty. I grew up listening to Leanne and now I was against her in this category for personality of the year. Like, gotta be kidding me. And I felt so guilty. And I remember specifically saying to Ryan Cowan, the night that we went to the awards, he's like, so are you excited? Are you like, you ready? Did you write an acceptance speech just in case? And I looked at him and we were in a quiet corner in the room. And I was like, honestly, I hope my name is not on that envelope. Little did I know he already knew it was. Um, and he was the one presenting me with it. And he asked me why. And my answer was easy. And it was because I had seen so many people pour so much of their time and their effort into their shows. Like I said, there's some that wrote out every single break word for word that took hours to do. I didn't like it came natural, which I was really lucky for that. But I also felt so guilty for that. And I said, you know, like, I really want this award to go to somebody who has earned it. And I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm great at my job. And yeah, artists enjoy talking to me. And yes, I advocate for artists and I try to push them to the front of the line whenever I can. Like I, I've done great things, but I haven't broke a sweat doing them. Like mm -hmm. I naturally will work hard. So to drive across the country to host country festivals or to host, you know, um, music festivals or things like this, I'll do that because I just enjoy it, but it doesn't feel like work to me. Right. So when I was nominated for that award, it was actually really hard for me because I didn't feel like I deserved it and I did not want to get the award. And then I got the award <laughs> and I am so proud of it. Like, don't get me wrong. It was an honor. It is an honor. I'm, I, I display it. It is not in the back of my closet under a dirty shirt somewhere. I am proud of that. I was never the kid to get awards in school. There's not a single, there's not a single trophy with my name on it in my house, except that one. I was a solid second place child in my sport of choice. Like there wasn't a lot. I was never the academic pride. My sister has medals coming out her freaking yin yang. She'd get ding going through TSA if she ever took her life belongings across the border. But I was not, I was a solid. <laughs> All right. Compose yourself. I was, a solid, I was like a solid average child. I was never the best. So I'm proud of that. But radio never felt like my dragon to slay that was always policing mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that's uh that's totally fair and yeah like you said it's um it's different when you just do things because you enjoy them without it being attached to i'm also doing this to further a career you're just doing it because it's fun and you liked it um but there was no actual goal attached to it which it, it doesn't mean you didn't do the work. It just means yeah. you, you didn't attach that work to what you, what other people would. Right. It was kind of like for the first time in my life ever, and probably for the last time in my life ever, I felt like that obnoxiously smart kid at the back of the class who was just throwing airplanes at the kids in front of him because he was bored because he wasn't mm -hmm. challenged. Everyone thought he was stupid, but he actually was just so like, everything came so wicked easy. He wasn't being challenged. Mm -hmm. and it felt like that. It felt like I was just throwing paper airplanes and I was going and I was doing fine. But honestly, what's your goal at the end of that? I mean, in two and a half years, I hosted at the CCMAs. So I flew to the CCMAs. I met people. I went to label parties. I had a morning show. I had a weekend show. I had a midday show. 
had an evening show. I won an award for best in the province. Like I was on a pop station, a country station, an 80s, 90s, whatever station, an AM station. Like what is my goal after mm -hmm. that a morning show? That's usually the goal, right? It's like a morning show. Yeah. And I got that five months in. So it almost became like, okay, what, what am I doing this for? Like I've, I've hit all, like I would love to do these things forever. Some of them are so cool. I loved being at concerts and hosting and opening. And I love that. But sitting every day saying, and the weather today, it's just like, what's my goal? And yeah. my goal was to <laughs> take out bad guys. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it's um, it's a different thing when you, when you fall into something. But I mean, good on you for exploring it and trying it because you had an opportunity, mm -hmm. and you didn't just say, ah, I don't, I don't want, I don't even want to try it because a lot of people would. Yeah, I'm a big fan of saying yes. Like life experience is not something to underestimate or to not take seriously. Any chance you say yes, like it's 2020, just because you try something doesn't mean you have to stick with it. I mean, shit, I can, I can try dating guys. Doesn't mean I have to stick with it. <laughs> I can try eating vegan or vegetarian. Doesn't mean I have to stick with it. Like in the world that we live in now, we're able to try things. Like not often in our history have people been overly accepting of just trying something. Like for the first time in a long time, it's more common for people to start careers in their mid thirties than at 21. Yeah. And it's also way more common to have two or three careers by the time you retire than ever before. Like, you know, like you think back to our parents or our grandparents and they had a career. My mom has been an early childhood educator since she was 19 years old. That's all she's done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not all she's done. Like she's been amazing the, at that and she's, yeah, she's not things with it, but like, gotcha. I've done radio. I'm going into policing. I was a security supervisor. I was a nanny for a while. Like I've managed restaurants for a while. I don't have a hot fucking clue where my path is going to lead. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest here. We don't know. Yeah. Um, one thing I did just think of is when you're a cop now and you're like trying to apprehend a, a perp perpetrator, whatever. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, I know it's TV lingo. I, I I didn't go to the. That's okay. I'll appreciate it. Carry on. Um, when you're trying to apprehend or when you're trying to tackle the dude that just stole the bottle of whiskey, whatever, and you got a megaphone and you're saying "Stop, police!" He's gonna turn and be like, "Hey, is that Randy Lynn from so and so radio station?" <laughs> and boom, down taser. End uh, of story. I've got a I've got a story like that. You want to hear it? yes please i mean first of all i don't think that my perps are going to recognize my voice over a megaphone but hey if they do then one i'm gonna ask why you're out at night and two i'm gonna ask why you're in manitoba because you're the only one i think that would be like that's randy <laughs> all right my story actually location is in yorkton saskatchewan oh. so hey oh saskatchewan yeah i know I, there's so nothing against Yorkton. I, I have to say that. I just had some I times there. I loved my time at Yorkton. Yorkton was a good little town. I enjoyed it for a typical Randy amount of time. I think it was three and a half months and then I moved again. <laughs> um, 
So I was in Yorkton. I worked in this um, bar, like a little bit of a dive bar. It wasn't like a lounge or anything by any was means. It, was it the CI? Yeah, it was the CI. It was the CI. <laughs> it was the CI. <laughs> it was the CI. I had the best boss, though. Marty, mm, so good. Loved him. He was great. But yeah, I worked at the CI. And there, we were closing up one night, and there was this guy who didn't want to leave. This guy, I think, is the tallest human I have yet to see in my life. I swear he was like six, 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 eight. Like he was tall, really <laughs> tall. I'm a tall girl and he towered me. I came up to like his elbow. Like, <laughs> he was tall. Uh. So our bouncers, and I use that very loosely, our bouncers were trying to get him out and he was super drunk and obviously mm -hmm. huge and it wasn't working. Marty. Marty trusted me and Marty loved me. Like if I said I could do something, he's like, she's got it. So they're struggling to get this guy out. And I kind of go to Marty and I'm like, can you give me a shot at, at getting this guy out? He's like, you think you can do that? Cause he was drunk and a little agitated and aggressive. And I'm like this little girl, mm, little girl. Um, and I was like, yeah, give me a shot. Send me in coach basically. And so he's like, all right. So he called out the bouncers, the two guys. He's like, come here. Wave them over. They came over. He's like, Randy's going to take care of this. And they're like, what? What do you mean Randy's going to take care of this? Randy, like bleach blonde Randy over here, our freaking shooter girl Randy. And he was like, yeah, Randy's going to take care of this. So I was like, oh God, coach is really putting me in. So I go over and I worked smart, not hard. I wasn't going to be like, hey, closing time. <laughs> I went over to him. I tapped him from behind and I just stood there. And he turned around, he's like, what? And then he like turned back around, but he double took me. And then he turned back around to look at me again. And he's like, oh, hi. And I was like, hey. And then he's like, what's up? And I was like, not much, I just finished shift. You wanna go outside? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so I like go outside. I know that the crash bars have already been pocked because I did it. So I open the door, he walks out, I close the door. <laughs> like done <laughs> done boys <laughs> work smart not hard <laughs> and i got him out in like two seconds flat in the bouncer's defense we can't do that well exactly that's what i'm saying there's a place for everybody in the world that's true i now that you say this story i do remember you telling me that but i totally <laughs> forgot that you worked at the ci you worked at the ci now I just have to touch on because a lot of people won't know what the CI is unless they're from the Yorkton area or the city limits in first of all. Yes, it's it's this it's it's a historic bar really in Yorkton. Mm -hmm. It's been there forever. Um, and yeah, it's it's a cool little place and you never know what's going to happen there. You really don't. You really it's, don't. It's There's quite been the... some, like it's a great little bar too. like I love mm -hmm. it when I would go out people call me crazy sometimes, but I preferred going to the CI. Maybe it was because I worked there. So I was just comfortable, mm -hmm. but they had live music all the time, like a bunch of different bands. Um, oh, who's the one that's, that plays there a lot? Doug. Steve Gibson. Yeah. Steve Gibson. Mm -hmm. He had really good music and yeah. I enjoyed that one. There's lots of artists that would come in from around the, the province and they had, cheap drinks and it was it was like a good dive bar it was like 
I don't know, you know, like the carpet probably could have been changed and, and tables were usually sticky when you sat down at them because who has time to, to wipe them? And there's two <laughs> pool tables up in like a top layer deck that you kind of walked up. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, a cornerstone of, of Yorkton and really the Saskatchewan music scene. I never actually got to play there, um, but pretty much everybody that went through the glory days of clubs and bars definitely did. You should play there. I should, as soon as we can play in bars again. Ugh, COVID. Hashtag fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, language. <laughs> That's okay. That's my inside voice. <laughs> I didn't know you had an inside voice. You know what? Not usually. <laughs> Not usually. I have an inside voice when I need to have an inside voice. When I don't need to have an inside voice, I don't. And I had this... to have an inside voice for a long time with radio. Exactly. Yeah. This uh, is the Gabin Cabin. You don't have to have an inside voice. The Gavin Cabin. Don't like you it. love that name? I do. Thank you. All right. Um, next question, Sensei. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> a memory just popped up in my head of CCMAs in Calgary. Can't be good. Oh, wait. Oh, the CCMAs. Okay, we're good. <laughs> it's like, we have some great memories. <laughs> we have some interesting ones. What is coming our way? Um, I... All right, Calgary. Hey. I love Calgary. This is one of like the best periods of my life bring was, it on it was a good trip oh, um so now I it was your first ccma right it was yeah and i remember you were hanging around with uh us for a lot of the time and you're like so what's the deal here what's the deal here because we'd been yeah, a i had times. no idea what i was doing <laughs> um and so we were like yeah of course you can hang with us because we just enjoy your company and we... some fall yep don't worry about it. We're good. It was a bowl of cake. It was a what? It, it was a bowl of cake on my bed. I just accidentally knocked it off. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. It's smudged between the walls. It's not falling out of the bowl right now. Okay. We're well, good. Carry on. I wish just you luck my, with that. It's just my bedside cake. It's a thing. These <laughs> great memories about me being. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, Calgary. Um, I remember. I can't remember what night of CCMAs it was, but we um, were out at one of the bars and I think I did like a two, three song showcase because my friends were organizing it and you came with us and on the top deck of the bar, um, you started chatting with this guy randomly. Um, and once I was done my set, uh, I went upstairs and you're like, Hey, this I can't even remember the guy's name. It was like Was it Chris Condon? Yes. That was yeah, it. Yeah. I know and where this is going. Yeah. You're like, hey, Justin, this is Chris. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And he, Wait, he, hi, Chris. Yeah, I'm like, hi, Chris. And he, or what? <laughs> yeah, he had a southern accent somewhat. <laughs> and so I was, and that's totally normal at CCMAs because lots of people live in Nashville and come up for the weekend. And I was like, okay, whatever um that was cool seemed like a nice guy we uh he was asking where there was some legal dispensaries around and i'm like man i'm not from calgary sorry <laughs> and then all of a sudden i turn around because the waitress brought me my whiskey um and we we had a little flirty exchange about is it better with ice or not um never saw her again and 
<laughs> the sparks uh, so, are flying. I'm just saying that I was distracted. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, and then I turned around and you guys were gone. Gone. <laughs> Yeah, you you and Chris were gone. And I find out that, oh, this dude was up from Nashville um, because he played with Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Explains yeah, why he was asking where the dispensaries were. Yeah, well, is that shocking? It's Billy Ray. Yeah, just side note, if you have time, listen to the Joe Rogan episode with Miley Cyrus. Okay. It's really good. And she talks a lot about how like just crazy her dad is um <laughs> i've heard some pretty good stories too chris and i actually still talk we were snapchatting last week actually really and he asked me when i was moving down to nashville and i said <laughs> when that border opens up and you buy my plane ticket buddy <laughs> as a joke that's but yeah chris is awesome do you know what we ended up doing the rest of the night well i i know <laughs> snippets because the next day i ran into you at another bar and you're and we're like, what the hell happened to you last night? And you're like, oh, I got pictures and videos. I'll show you. Stole a scooter. Got you didn't have to steal a scooter. The scooters <laughs> were rentable in Calgary. You could like rent them with the Lime Pass or something. Except, <laughs> okay, here's the story. Here's the story of Randy's <laughs> big night with Billy Ray Cyrus's guitar player. Let me just settle in for this. Okay, so we took off. You were done playing. We, that was my goal. Like my only thing I had to do that night, my only like big commitment was that I needed to be there to support my little brother as he performed his way through the CCMA. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. So we did that. <laughs> and then do you hear that? No. Was Hang that on, the cake? I gotta move the cake. It's slowly falling down the wall. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this for, for our listeners, this is, oh, you got it without, oh, you got it. That's more of a plate than a bowl. It's, it's I, I No, this is sounding good, though, because it's more just like a, a plate with slightly curved sides of cake. It's not like a Tupperware, a that's bowl. a bowl full of cake. Yeah, okay. I'm well, painting we, you in a good light here. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. But okay, this is classic so we, Randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, it is. Um, okay, so we rented a scooter completely legally by the way okay <laughs> completely legal rented the scooter except fun fact about when you rent these scooters in cities you have to have a credit card i didn't have a credit card at the time because i'm terrible with money so i don't have credit cards this is a smart decision in my life however only one credit card can buy a scooter or a bike at a time so chris had an account and a credit card randy did not randy and chris are hanging out together so we just have to ride the same scooter. We rode around Calgary on the same scooter <laughs> for hours, <laughs> like hours. <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, we, I think we went through three scooters. They all died. Like we rode them that long that like a scooter would die. We'd be in some random part of Calgary and we need to go find another scooter laying in a ditch somewhere and activate it and like get back to the hotel area. And oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. Uh, but yeah, no. So, and then he played at the uh, the ACMAs or something or the MMVAs because they were doing um, that song that Billy Ray got like really big again on. Take my horse, yeah. Horse to the old town road. road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. 
Yeah. So I think they were doing like MTV or something like that. And um, I remember watching TV and I saw Chris and I like snapped out of him and I was like, holy shit, I know someone on TV. <laughs> and yeah. So no, he's awesome. He's fantastic. And yeah, that was my big night with Billy Ray Cyrus's guitar player. <laughs> he asked me to go back if I want to go back and meet the guys at the hotel. And I was like, mm, no, I feel like this is where our time together ends and dateline begins. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest possible way of Chris is listening or Billy Ray or any of the guys. It's just small town Canadian girl, big old Nashville, Billy Ray, Cyrus crew. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think going back to the hotel is a great idea for me tonight because I got to host things tomorrow and be a person and stuff like that. So if Billy Ray is listening, that's, that's pretty sick. It was sick. It was awesome. If Billy Ray is listening, um, I'll give you my address later for that plane ticket. <laughs> well, he doesn't live in Nashville anymore. I'm um, sure he has a house or two kicking around the country, and one of them's probably in Nashville. Well, here, here's the thing. This is what I learned on the podcast with Miley, that he lives in a backwoods house in Kentucky and doesn't have internet. I mean, he, that doesn't actually shock me. No, he like because he grew up in Appalachia, like middle of nowhere hillbilly, um, and he no, like he really did. Um, that's how he grew up, and so like after he made his money, he went through a phase of spending it and living the life and whatever, and that's what Miley was raised in. But then he doesn't have internet now, and if he wants to Facetime his family he has to walk or drive over to his brother's house and his brother lives in the house that they grew up in, but it has internet because they, they fixed it up and modernized it a little bit. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I thought that was really cool. And I, I've never been a, a huge Billy Ray fan, but finding out that he is, has the um, love of being a backwoods hermit with no internet, uh, such as myself, um, I felt like a bonding moment happening and I don't even know him. I mean, let's give Billy some credit where credit is due. He lives in the back roads or the backwoods with no internet. Go Billy, first of all, because like we haven't all wanted to do that at some point and just felt we could. Two, he is still with his original wife. Is he not? Um, I don't know exactly if that's... Miley's mom. They're still married. I don't think so. Really? Okay, well. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. <sighs> Hang on. Well, let me Google, because that's what we do, right? We just Google. Yeah. Well, we can, can but we can. Is Billy. He can't. Right? Cyrus still married. They are? Billy Ray Cyrus and his wife, Tish, are still married. Oh. Though it has clearly not been an easy road before Tish, Billy Ray was married to Cindy Smith. But Billy Ray is married to Miley's mom. Oh. Okay, so okay. second wife, but still Miley's mom. Okay, I I didn't know that. When Miley talked, it sounded like they were not together. On December 28th, 1993, Billy Ray and Tish wed. So they've been together for 27 years. All right, that's impressive. I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, they had announced that they were going to divorce, and they've dropped it. They've had some differences here and there um at year 19 in 2013 tish filed for divorce citing irreconcilable differences however obviously mm. not irreconcilable because they didn't <laughs> they're here so that's probably two. 
that's probably why I thought they were divorced because I probably heard that somewhere and it turned into yeah they are right yeah and then um, number three there was a number three but now I can't remember because we got on that turkey trail well go he, was, he was social distancing before it was a thing right I hate social distancing <laughs> yeah you're a yeah. hugger I am how how Only is that really as a, how is that being a hugger in a no hug world I mean, it's okay. I go through phases and I only like hugging, hugging certain people. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not a greatly, okay, let's put it this way. When I'm in like a certain mood or phase, I don't really like people acknowledging my existence at all. So sometimes COVID is great and sometimes it's not. I mean, shit, I'm the one who deleted Facebook because I didn't want people to wish me a happy birthday this year. Yeah, I got you. Right. So sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I can't even think anymore. It is what it is. Yeah. It's been, like, it's been almost a year of this. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. See, I'm not a hugger for the most part. So uh, it's been great. <laughs> People stay away from me. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, you have a functioning relationship and not just through your deodorant. So... <laughs> you have some pros everyone else is gonna be so lost on that statement that was an interesting thing because chris and i met just before everything happened so we started our dating relationship during a pandemic that's really cute mine ended because of pandemic see that i i feel i, I don't like that <laughs> okay it didn't end because of a pandemic but i mean it didn't help yeah and no that's fair timing but you know, it sometimes it just doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't mean anybody was wrong or right. That's right. Ben and I like to say that people should have documented our breakup because it was like the most amicable, healthy breakup I think either of us have ever had. Obviously, not obviously. I take that back. It was no. What's another word for obviously that isn't obviously? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, obviously, I've been through a couple more breakups in my life. Because I have a really unhealthy <clears throat> commitment pattern, we'll call it. I don't know. Ben is a healthy, functioning human being. So he hasn't had nearly the turmoil and the amount of failed relationships as I have. Good on him. Not a call down. That's great. Wish I was that good. I'm not. So I had a lot to go off of considering one of my relationships. Well, you know how one of them ended. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. And then there's been a couple more where they're just like, huh, interesting. Never saw that side of them before. Uh, so some of them just haven't been great. And then mm -hmm. Ben and I, we broke up so well. It was very much like, how did it even go? We were on the phone and we were talking and I was like, you know, I had applied for school and I was starting to work a lot at one of the um, police stations and he was planning on moving down to Nashville. COVID kind of screwed with that a little bit, but he's still well on his way and going on tour, tour this year with Brett and, and all of these things. And we were just literally moving in opposite directions. Like I was going to Brandon into a super intense program. He was quite literally about to start traveling the world. They had gigs in Italy and all this this year. And so I was like, this just like, we're in really different places. 
And he was like, we are. So I said, do we stay together until it gets to a point that someone really just makes a breakup have to happen by like screwing up or yelling or, or picking a fight or something like that? Or do we just both recognize that that's where this is going to go? We accept it now and we save ourselves from that pain. Mm-hmm. And we picked that one and we we're like, all right, so this sucks. And our families didn't understand it. Mine for sure didn't. I told them and they're like, are you sure? Like, but Ben's actually really good. Like Ben's healthy. I like Ben. I mean, there's photos of our, him on our mantle for like seven months after, like they just right. got swapped out. <laughs> and I was in no rush either. Cause Ben is very much one of my best friends and I love him with my entire heart. So mm-hmm. it didn't bother me, but it was like, if we'd stayed in that relationship, it just would have eventually somebody would have fucked it up. And that somebody would have been me. And that would have been bad. Yeah. Well, good on you guys for recognizing that because that's uh so proud i'm all single now yay (laughs) sorry that didn't sound independent and feisty like i usually am i mean i am single yes (laughs) better that's better i think that's better i'm just gonna smell my axe deodorant hang on one second (laughs) Mm. yeah i'm good thanks for smelling your pit in front of me (laughs) (laughs) no one knows no one gets the deodorant thing we hate to explain it before i'm just this weirdo who smells around yeah that that's true so that it has a a good theory behind it um (laughs) that (laughs) randy has um now only used men's deodorant um just so then people think that she smells like a, a companion no, that is not. It. Oh, sorry. Wait, that's not it. <laughs> I <love> it. <laughs> that's oh what God. I took. No, that's not it. I don't just walk around smelling myself, myself all the time. Oh God, Justin, what kind of a freak do you think I am? Don't answer that, please. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the axe deodorant started because I'm a police cadet, which means I do a lot of training, a lot of intense training, and I sweat a lot. And I'm wearing like 100% freaking polyester uniforms with an undershirt and then a coat. And then like it's done up and it's tight and I'm doing drill and I'm in duty boots. And I just, it is a hot day. Okay. It is a hot day for me in that uniform sometimes. And I was finding that the women's deodorant A was super like powdery and white. So it was getting all over my uniform and like caking right into it. And it was really hard to clean. So I needed that jelly stuff, but also that it was super strong and floral and like it was giving me a headache but also it wasn't super strong when it needed to be super strong it was like daintily strong yeah it's like i'm gonna make you smell like a field of wild flowers and lavender and coconut unless you actually execute some sort of work other than scraping the cookies off the cookie sheet (laughs) then i'm just gonna smell like a piece of shit oh that's a feminist shot right there it is not a feminist shot. That is a deodorant shot. I know. No, no, no. I'm not saying women who aren't, aren't working. Yes. No. I'm. I'm not saying against feminists. I'm. I'm just saying that's. I'm saying that's a. That's a good strong statement. Right. Against the deodorant company. That's all I meant. And women's deodorant is more expensive. Either. Yeah. It doesn't work. There. Men's deodorant works. So men's deodorant works because men work. <clears throat> so I started buying men's deodorant. Yeah, let me just did I do that right? I don't know. So, anyways, I started buying men's deodorant. A perk of the deodorant, and that is all. It is simply a perk. Justin Labrash. 
is that once in a while when I put it on in the morning, it kind of makes it smell as if like my functioning relationship partner just got out of the shower and got ready for work for the day and left. And it gives me like an ever so slight nostalgic feeling of when I was in a functioning relationship because I'm, you know, it's, it's like a dude smell and it's dude smell mixed with shower steam. And it's, and it's, it's like, I just gave my somebody a big hug. And I mean, a lot's changed. There's nobody. And sometimes I'm giving her a big hug. It's so we pick and choose depends where we're at in the day. But um, yeah, so I keep the deodorant kicking around because it works first of all. And second, it <clears throat> sometimes makes me feel like I function as a human being in an appropriate way. It, you, you are loved. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to send Mark and the mother huggers my way because I think I need one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was uh, he was my guest um, a couple episodes ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we had a good chat. We uh, yes. we yeah we got into some we got into some shit. Hey, you want to get into shit? I can get into some real <laughs> shit, buddy. Well, on the actually, that's cool because I do want to have you on again. And <gasps> really, you mean well, my yeah. whole cake bowl down the wall and. Smelling my armpits thing really entices you for more. I'm I'm so used to it at this point. I've known you long enough. No comment. I hate that you're used to it. I appreciate that you're used to it and you still come <laughs> back for more. But goddamn, man. That's yeah, a it's a sibling love. It is a sibling love. I love it. that it's a sibling love. And you know what siblings do, right? No. You know what siblings do. Come on. What's something? Uh, well, we rag on each other a lot. Yeah, we do. We also buy each other Christmas presents. So I will be DMing you my address later. Hey, well, you I'm know a- what I want? Oh, you know what I want? <laughs> you know what I want? What do you want? Is your mother nearby? No. <sighs> I want... I Okay, there's this one cookie at the Christmas cookie concert at the mm-hmm. El Dorado. Uh, ra- no. Revival. Revival. That one. Yes. There was a plate of Christmas cookies there. And I do mm-hmm. believe there was like this really fudgy, yummy one. And I think it was the Bailey's. Mm-hmm. But there's also a snookerdoodle, is there not? Yeah, the Jaeger doodle. Okay, I want the Bailey's one, and I want an entire box of them. Those things, <laughs> I I really was getting drunk on Christmas cookies. I think I went to, like, half the tables and just took their Bailey's cookies. <laughs> and I totally pawned it off as being a radio personality, just chatting with them. <laughs> like, hey, guys, I'm Randy Lynn from Big Dog 927. I sit no, there, and I I'm casually eat all their cookies. By the time I left, they had no idea that I had just eaten all the good ones. The Cookie Bandit. Cookie Bandit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can hook you up. I know Ooh. people. So good. Yeah, she birthed you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah she did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those those are my favorite too. They're the best. They are the best. And they're so moist. And they're like moist for weeks to come. Mm-hmm. They don't go bad. I took I took a bunch of ice fishing with my buddy and they I forgot them like out in the, the sled full of stuff outside our hut. And so they were almost frozen but they were still so soft and just, mm. I don't know how she does it. They're so yeah. good. I don't bake. It's, it's cause of the alcohol. 
It's the booze. It's always yeah. the booze. The booze nope. makes me softer too. <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's true though. It is it's true. Look how soft I've gotten throughout this interview. That's and true. I'm just like two drinks in. <laughs> That's a lie. I was trying to make myself sound cool. I am one drink in, but I don't drink. So one drink is like three in Randy's world. Yeah, fair enough. I gotcha. Yeah, those those Clamato oh, are hardcore. Up. I can already hear the, the condescending tone dripping out of your voice. Shh. <laughs> uh, nah, nah, it's, it's all it's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Thank you for for hanging out with me in the Gabin cabin. Yeah, I hope I gabbed nearly enough for you. I didn't oh. shut up, so it should be good. Oh yeah, no, you did good. Well, we're we're gonna have to do this again very soon. I would love that. I don't know what we talked about today. Not a hot clue, but let's do it again. We'll do more topics because yeah. boy, oh boy, my train wreck of a life. It's interesting. <laughs> that, we that's, got so many options. That's that's exactly why I wanted to have you on. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I just love talking to you. You're, you're one of my best friends for sure. And uh, cool. it's uh, it's just, it's great chatting with you. And this was fun because we haven't catched catched up caught up for Good a English. while so yeah. proud of you oh yeah yeah bu- oh, yeah God. buddy um <laughs> that was Canadian that wasn't bad English that was just bad Canadian yeah I've been, oh, yeah. I've, been What's the I've been living in the bush too long um don't even blame it on that you were like that before you were in the bush <laughs> oh yeah okay um well I'm just gonna once we hang up here go for a rip on my on my sled and oh yeah a couple darts you know Smoke a couple of arts, have a couple of beers, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple oh. brewskis. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, nonetheless, thank you very much. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Uh. Have a good rest of your week. This is Monday, so it comes out on Wednesday. Thanks. It's exam week. I have three exams this week, so I'm gonna need well, it. Good luck with it. Um. Criminal thank- code, provincial statutes, and drill. Okay, well, I'm going to be, after that, texting you uh, to find out how badly I've broken a few laws. Um, (laughs) Just so I know how much trouble I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) You can't bribe me. We may be best friends, like bestest best friends, but you cannot bribe me. I will still give you a ticket because I'm a hard ass like that. Not even with Bailey's cookies? I didn't say anything about your mom. I was just talking about you. Oh, yeah. What if I'm the only one with the cookies? No, no, no. Your mom is. And your mom likes me just as much. So I think I can still get them. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, you have no thank legs you. to stand on with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.